Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about the topic of a biblical response to pluralism. A biblical response to pluralism. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And as we get uh, closer to the apologetics boot camp for young students as well as parents, we ask that you, uh, if you are interested, that you go online, abcsac.org, abcsac.org. There's no better time than now than to equip our young people to stand up boldly for Jesus Christ whether at school, in the community, and definitely at home. So we ask uh, that you inoculate your young ones, uh, your youth, your young adults, uh, those that are in college and those outside of college, that you equip them by giving them the resources that they need to stand boldly for Jesus in this 21st century. And the reality is when we send our young people off to these universities and colleges and these elementary, middle school, high school campuses, even at Christian institutions, there are staff members who are not um, standing on biblical principles. Definitely, at secular uh, universities, schools, and campuses, uh, there's a multitude of staff uh, teaching personnel, uh, those that are hired by the districts who don't share a Christian worldview. So it's really up to us as parents to make sure that 
We've given them all that we can give them so they can stand for Jesus Christ while at school. The apologetics boot camp was created because parents would approach me and testify to the fact that when their child's teacher found out that they were Christians, these teachers went out of their way to try to intimidate them by giving them false information about science in relation to faith. In their view, these teachers uh, believe that science and faith have no relationship, which is false. But these children, uh, we've taught them to be obedient. We've we've uh, taught them to respect their elders. We've taught them to listen to their teachers. And we haven't, in many cases, instructed them on how to deal with uh, a teacher or someone older than them uh, because of their position if they disagree with the teacher. That's what the boot camp is about. The boot camp deals with the relationship between faith and science. We introduce them to various topics, and the overarching theme is God created science. God created science, and it's not mutually exclusive. Yes, there's two disciplines, but they do overlap in many cases. So we show them how God created science and how to argue for that position. For there are many brilliant Christians who happen to be scientists. So with that being said, I thought it would be beneficial if we looked at uh, the state that we're in as it relates to the West, the state that we're, we're in as it relates to America. When we look around, America is definitely a proponent of pluralism. We use terms such as ecumenical, which is a cover up for pluralism. Uh, Many people have bumper stickers on their cars that says coexist. It is another form of pluralism. So we have to be careful to not acquiesce, to not give up what God has told us. He is a jealous God, uh, meaning that God doesn't want us to worship anyone outside of him or anything outside of him because the Bible reminds us that we serve a God who's not made with hands. So when we talk about polytheism, uh, and I'm going to use this term interchangeably, uh, pluralism, polytheism. Uh, Polytheism is the belief in multiple many deities. Religious pluralism is the belief in two or more worldviews and accepting each one as equally true. So this is the notion or the worldview that says Christianity is true that says Buddhism is true, that says Islam is true, that says Hinduism is true. So these individuals believe that all of these teachings from all these religions are the same. And they argue that the same one deity is responsible for all of these different revelations. And that is a false argument. Because if we were really to dig deeper into all of the core teachings of these various religions, you would see that they, uh, that they are different. And if you were to assume or conclude that all of these religions were saying the same thing, you will be violating the philosophical law of non-contradiction. 
which says two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So, no, uh, these teachings, uh, even though they may have some surface-level similarities at the core, they're teaching different things. The reasons why all religions do not lead to the same God is, number one, God warns against polytheism. When you look at the ancient principles, uh, you have to consider how God dealt with his people in the Bible as it relates to polytheism. Uh, even uh, the Ten Commandments reminds us that thou should have no other God beside the true and living God. Today, there are people inside as well as outside the church who believe that all religions are the same. They argue that all religions are conveying different aspects of the same God. In their view, religions such as Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Taoism, and many others are all the same. However, as I stated before, as Christians, the word of God tells us something different. The belief in many gods is called polytheism. Polytheism does not bring us closer to the authentic creator of the universe. It actually pulls us further away from developing an intimate relationship with the true and living God because many of us are doing what uh, the Bible warns us about where uh, the Bible says Israel went whoring after other gods, meaning that they acted like prostitutes, God said they committed spiritual adultery. So the belief in many gods, again, is called polytheism, and polytheism doesn't bring us closer to God. It brings us further away from God. In the days of Israel, God communicated his attributes. He conveyed the following message during the time of the Exodus, and you can look at Exodus 34, verses 11 through 15 as a cross-reference. God says, Be sure to comply with what I'm commanding you this day. Behold, I'm going to drive out the Amorite from you and the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Be careful that you do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you are going, or it will become a snare in your midst. But rather, you are to tear down the altars and smash down their memorial stones and cut down their ashram. For you should not worship any other God because the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Otherwise, you might make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and they will prostitute themselves with their gods and sacrifice to their gods. And someone might invite you to eat of his sacrifice. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors and we'll be right back. This passage captures the heart of God, the passage that I just read, Exodus 34, verses 11 through 15. He warns Israel about the worship of false gods. God knew that if any Hebrew began worshiping the gods of the Canaan religion, they would become infected. They would become polluted. He instructs them to do the following. Number one, do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the Lord. Do not make a covenant 
with the inhabitants, I'm sorry, of the land. The inhabitants of the land. Don't make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. Number two, he tells them to tear down the altars. Tear it down because if you don't tear down the altars, it would always be a temptation for you to revisit those altars. It would be a temptation for you to consider those altars when times get tough. That's why we must have a one focus dedication towards our God. Number three, God tells them smash their memorial stones. The things that they consider sacred, get rid of it because the temptation will always be there if you do not get rid of it. Number four, cut down their Asherim. Asherim or Asherah was a fertility goddess and the mother of Baal according to Canaanite history. So scripture is clear. God prefers uh, for us to only worship him. This doctrine is also found in Isaiah 42 and 8, where Isaiah writes, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. Again, Isaiah 42 and 8 reads, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. This passage tells us that God has a standard. He does not want us to worship false idols. He upholds the logical rule of identity. He is God, and he desires to be called Lord. This means no one else can be called Lord, and we must call him by his name. In addition, he prevents believers from praising false idols or demigods, which are really no gods at all because they don't really exist But emotionally, psychologically, mentally, people hold on to things that are not real, and in their mind, it seems real. So what's the modern principle? It's very possible for some to argue that some of the principles of the Bible are outdated. Others may even say the Bible references were only intended for earlier believers. But I would argue this point. If God is the standard of truth, And he authored the Bible. This means the Bible is true as well as eternal. The reality is truth has no expiration date. This principle of not worshiping false idol is an eternal concept. It has no expiration date. It is binding upon all Christians to follow them despite the time and despite the age. When God says, thou shalt have no other God beside me, that is an eternal principle. So even in 2024, or if we fast forward to 2054, that principle will never expire. It's not milk. That principle is eternal because it came from an eternal God. So let's look at some examples of idolatrous worship. Uh, Number two, when we look at uh, false idols or worshiping, uh, false idol. Not only does God warns us against polytheism, that's number one, but number two, it violates the law of non-contradiction. It violates the law of non-contradiction, as I said before. Uh, the law of, contra- law of non-contradiction is two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So let's look at some of these contradictions especially as it relates to 
um, our youth, our young adults, and of course, um, adults. When we look at uh, the Christian view of Jesus, we say Jesus is God and equal to the Father. He has no beginning and end, as intimated in John 1 1, and as Jesus referred to himself as the I am, John 8 58. So he is the Son of God who is divine and equal to the Father. But this is not the case when you look at the doctrine of the Jehovah Witnesses. They don't believe that Jesus is equal to the Father. They believe that Jesus was created by the Father, which means Jesus had a starting point. They believe that he's God, but he's a lower G. So he's a lower God than God the Father. Then in Mormonism, Jesus, they, uh, they teach that Jesus was created by the Father, and uh, his spirit brother is Lucifer. That's the teaching of Mormonism, that the Father um, had intercourse, and he produced Jesus. That's Mormonism. And so Jesus was created by the Father. And in Islam, they preach that Jesus was not divine, that he was just a good prophet. Jesus was not divine, and he was just a good prophet. And then when you look at the topic of salvation, again, we see a difference. Uh, in Christianity, we, say we are saved through faith and confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord, not by works, according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. But in um, other religions, that's not the case. In Jehovah Witnesses, they believe that we're saved by work. In Mormonism, they believe individual salvation can be obtained through work or merit. In Islam, we are saved by works. Your, work, your good works must outweigh your bad works. That's what Islam teaches as it relates to salvation. Now, let's look at the Trinity. In terms of the Trinity, Christians believe one God who's revealed himself in three persons. But for the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, they do not believe in the Trinity. They, they argue the doctrine of the Trinity is a pagan uh, theology, that it came from pagan origins and that it's not biblical. So they don't believe in the Trinity the way that Christians, uh, classical theists, believe in the Trinity. Then when we look at Mormonism view of the Trinity, Mormons do not believe in the biblical view of the Trinity. They use the language as it relates to the purpose of God, but not the eternal distinct essence of the Godhead. So meaning they use the same word Trinity, but it has a different connotation than classical theism. Uh, so they believe in the Trinity as it relates to uh, purpose and work, but not as it relates to the Godhead. Now, and finally, uh, for the Muslims, uh, they don't believe in the Trinity either. They argue this doctrine was made up by Paul and the church, according to Surah 4, 171. Uh, that's the, one of the surahs they use. So all religions don't lead to the same God, regardless of what other people say. Um, at, the, at its core, they're all different and preaching a different gospel. And you all remember what Paul said in Galatians, the first chapter. He said, whether me or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which you have received, let them be accursed or anathema. Let them be accursed. So whether it's Islam, Judaism, Mormonism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Hinduism, or even a lot of the identity cults, just realize this. 
God does not condone polytheism. And in today's culture, it's so subtle. It's so subtle. They, they, it's not always overt a lot of times. It's subtle. They want you uh, to practice as an example. They, they want you to get into things like yoga because they want you to continue diving and digging into it. So ultimately, you get into a transcendental meditation and to get into some existential teaching. So it's never innocent. It's never innocent. Uh, this culture, they're trying to make the evil things look righteous in this culture. So we have to be very careful. And their propaganda, their commitment to trying to um, make everything look acceptable is something we need to understand and respect. So we're not caught up in their net or web of lies. So again, God teaches against pluralism or polytheism, which is the worship of many gods. And you may be saying, or you may know someone who says, I don't worship many gods. I I worship uh, one God, but uh, I believe that God has expressed himself in all these other religions. And I'm here to argue that that's not the case. These other religions were not endorsed or created by God. There's only one true religion, and that is uh, the religion that's based on John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe it on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is the Redeemer, the Messiah, the one uh, and only Messiah, the one who came to redeem mankind of their sins. Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies of the Messiah. Jesus came and he gave uh, illumination of the word. He says, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. So whether you are Greek by culture, whether you are Jew by culture, whether you African by culture, whether you American by culture, whether you Scandinavian by culture, whether, whether you're Australian by culture, whatever your culture is, Jesus died for you. And he's calling on all of us, all the different uh, languages, all the different credos. He's calling us to develop a relationship with the Father. But the key, here's the key. The key is Jesus alone. No one else. It's not uh, the Buddha. It's not Hinduism. It's not Muhammad, it's not Joseph Smith, it's not Charles Taze Russell, it's not Mary Baker Eddy, Jesus alone. So if we follow Jesus, we'll get to know the Father. If we uh, become students of Jesus Christ, we'll get to know the Father. Don't let anyone trick you into thinking that you need Jesus and something else, that you need Jesus and someone else. It's Jesus alone. So, I pray that this uh, content has edified you. And, and I want to get back to my original plate. If you live in the Northern California area, uh, I, I really want you to check out the Apologetics Boot Camp. We have multiple ones. And whichever is closest to where you reside, uh, I ask that you go online to abcsac.org and sign up. Sign up yourself. Sign up your youth. Uh, sign up 
uh, your youth directors, we want to see you. And, and, and we know that you'll be edified by the boot camp. Again, it's www.abcsac.org, uh, abcsac.org. And our young people uh, learn so much from the boot camp. They, they're extremely edified through the boot camp. And what we're doing, again, is we're, we're inoculating them, uh, making sure that they are protected from these uh, wiles of the devil, these, these, these spears that the devil is shooting at them. And we need to make sure that they know for themselves that Jesus is the truth and that, yes, we are Christians. We walk by faith, not by sight, but we're also intelligent. And God uh, uses our intelligence in different disciplines, including science. So we must debunk, debunk the lies that the world is throwing at them, that the world is throwing at us, and we must stand up for righteousness. We must stand up for the truth. We must stand up for Jesus the Christ and his kingdom until he returns. So again, uh, please visit our website, abcsac.org. You'll be able to obtain the various dates and the locations of the apologetic boot camps. We would love to see you. I would love to see you. And let's train our young people. Let, let's, let's get trained ourselves so we can help our young people. And again, uh, we, we, are, we are praying for you. Uh, we are praying for your ministries. And thank you all for praying for us. And thank you uh, for your su- financial support. Uh, we are still trying to reach our goal. So please uh, consider making a pledge, a monthly pledge, so we can get to our goal. And remember to continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. May the Lord bless you and your family. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time, and remember... Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.